Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, stand with Chesty. Follow the bread man and know how to spell Capo Caco. Then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right. But you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody, please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore, KD, Anthony NHL, and all NHLBA meeting today, I'm worried! <laughs> yeah, we, we finally got some hockey weather in New York, now we just need the hockey. Oh man, I'm worried, man. I'm a scared. <laughs> I'm a scared, scared I couldn't even, I couldn't even say NHLPA quick for the intro but i tried i tried oh buddy wednesday november 18th episode 46 what is this 20 in a row for us now how many is it i don't know man too many to count i guess that means we're on a roll here it's a steve Good. vickers it's eight in a row buddy i'm pretty sure good stuff love right. it who else was, who else wore number eight darren turcott who else gary carter oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. the late great sorry oh, you must sorry be excited there in Mets little, land, little huh? baseball. Sorry. Yeah, things are looking good. It's going so well. Robbie Cano is now going to be suspended, which is the best thing to happen to this team because we get rid of his salary, we get him off the field. Fantastic. A little bit, a little easier now to pay Benia's uh, contract. <laughs> oh, come on, dude. Got to go there. Justified. Of course, I got to go there. <laughs> Justified, but man, damn. See, That's unfortunately, right. to everybody listening, you know, this is where we're at now. <laughs> we're This offseason is going on long enough with talking Mets. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, it's it's New York sports, so we, we it's all right. We throw it in there a little bit. So uh, everybody who had a Robinson Cano jersey, we're sorry. All right? <laughs> we're sorry about that. And... I tell you what, if, you, if you're a Met fan who had a Robinson Can, Cano jersey, you deserve to have what happened today. So... <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Here we are, buddy. Uh, I guess we got we got some things we're definitely gonna talk about Ranger related, obviously. Um, but um, I don't. Did you see? I I, I saw Elliot Friedman there, uh, Sportsnet, and um, tweeting about the uh, the negotiations. I should say that went on this afternoon, and um, it's we got some money stuff that we gotta get squared away here if we're gonna have puck. What are we gonna do, KD? And this is selfish. This is probably not appropriate, but if we don't have hockey, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, all of this, it, it's its strange that they're even bringing this up now because didn't they just agree on a new CBA? Like, that just happened, right? Like, a yeah. couple of months ago? So, now they're again talking about, like, the fi- it seems as though the finances of it all are what's going to end up canceling the season, not necessarily the virus and i get that the virus because there's no fans and things like that caused 
the financial issues, but you know, they're getting into like the deferment stuff where obviously they defer some of the player's salary for a couple of years down the road to allow the owners to pay it off. I think that's what that is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. A, a lot of regular folks are doing that with their mortgages these days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, now they want it's 10%. They just agreed to 10% in the new CBA a couple of months ago. And now they want to change it to 13%. And, you know, that's the issue. It's like, why did you agree on that? And and maybe they didn't, maybe they thought they'd be going into a regular season and the virus would be gone and they wouldn't have to deal with it. But, you know, now they're talking about holding up the season for this, you know, 3% here with the deferment. But you just agreed on 10% like four months ago. What's going on? Uh, as always, I mean, from what I can briefly look at here, it's, um, you know, the owners have looked into their bank accounts. And <laughs> they, you know. No, I get money. Money makes the world go round, and the NHL is in that world. And yep. I can see the owners looking at it and say, look, I, I'm going to lose money if we start this season. Like, I, I do. I, I understand that aspect of it, but I don't know. I, I, I just look. I mean, there's going to be TV money coming in. There's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's not, it's not enough. But No, I got, you're right. You're right. No, I mean, look, it, it's I, easy I, for me. You know, we're we're coming in from a, a fan side of things. And, yeah, we're selfish. You know, it, like I just was no, before. What are we going to do selfish. if they don't play hockey? I don't care who no, gets paid and how much. Yeah, it's completely selfish. But at the same time, I look at it and I think the owners are being selfish. These, you know, billionaire, multi-billionaire owners. Like, oh, no, I'm going to lose a couple of, you know, hundred million. You know, <laughs> that's like chump change to these guys. Like, please. Throw me some crumbs and just have a season, please. God damn it! Well, it's it's tough. Look, I, I I think everybody from, you know, whether you run a mom and pop hardware store to a music independent music venue to twenty thousand and and in football, you know, eighty thousand seat arenas, and you know you're doing either you know, no capacity or half capacity or you know nobody wants to be in business to not make money. I mean, and all those types of venues and sports and entertainment. That's what it is. You want you want twelve deep at the bar. You want a line going around the block, and you you know you you need the fans. You need the revenue, and it's not there. It's a, it's a whole new thing. You know, doing it last the tournament and everything else. You know, the NBA is making it work. I, I don't know what their deal is. Like I have no idea. Um, you know where, but it's you know you always look at the NBA and the NHL is is, is somewhat similar in terms of the you know, how they operate and the teams in the same arenas. And they've both got the same issues as far as the, um, you know, the gate and the revenue and the fan base and everything else. I would have to say that the NBA TV deal is, is a lot more lucrative, obviously. So they've got more money to play around with, or at least the owners do, uh, as compared to the NHL. So I think well, this is this is where they're at, I guess. Well, I think the NBA is, is better in marketing their marquee guys. I mean, every kid, I mean... You know, you have a, a young son. I have a young son. He knows all the top players in the NBA, and he's not even a big basketball fan. I'm not, so I'm not really watching basketball. But, you know, he knows who LeBron James is and Harding and, you know, all the top players, Durant and, you know, all these guys because the NBA markets these guys. And, and the players do a better job marketing themselves too 
So I think that they bring in more revenue because they have the stars. You know, they can command more money, you know, more TV money because you have LeBron James on TV and, and he's going to have people watching. Kids are watching. Right? You know, they want to watch these superstar plays. The NBA, uh, the NHL doesn't do the same thing. They don't market their players as well. It's more of like the teams, you know, they market original six, you know, the the rivalry night. You know, it's more about the teams and the the traditions and that kind of thing where they're not really um, showcasing their marquee names. I mean, you know, I, I, my if I said Connor McDavid to my son, he would have no idea what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about. Even so. with the fact that you call Ryan Strom, Ryan McStrom. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I you know, he watches Ranger games with me and say he probably wouldn't even know. You know, some of the guys on the team, I mean, obviously he would know like a Henrik Lundqvist, right? not not on the team anymore, but, you know, that type of marquee name. But from another city, you know, he just doesn't know the players the way he does NBA and he watches more hockey than he does NBA. Again, it's just the marketing, um, you know, of those players, which, again, just to go back to the original point is I think that that brings in just more revenue whether, you know, jersey sales and merchandising and TV and that kind of thing, I, the NBA is able to bring in some some additional revenue that, that the NHL just doesn't. Yeah, and you also have to call it like it is, too. It's, 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 uh, it's more of a worldwide game. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's just it's more popular. It's, uh, you know, uh, just around the globe as far as their European and their international appeal and obviously the money they have uh, in the Chinese markets and Asian markets and everything else. Um, you know, and it's just a broader... It's a broader audience, you know. Uh, I've always said it here on, on this show too. The NHL, as far as, far as ratings, and you know, people talk about the Winter Classic got you know two point one or whatever the heck the ratings are. I mean, that's nothing, you know, as far as like the Winter Classic or something like that, or you know, however the uh, the Stanley Cup tournament did, and that's and that's when nothing else was on, and everybody's you know, oh, these are great ratings and stuff. I mean, no, it's it's not. It's bad. But the NHL has always been. A, it's a regional sport. You know, and it's obviously very popular up in Canada, but that has nothing to do with anything going on down here in the States, you know. And again, you know, uh, bad job by me, at least, to not have these numbers in front of me in terms of what the NHL, you know, TV deals. But even even that, we've talked about this, too, as far as, you know, how the NFL, uh, the NHL, and, and you're, you're on it, man, how they market their players. They've always had this problem. But it's it's just, it's a very direct geographical type of sport, regional, I should say, not geographical, more of a regional sport. And, you know, NBA has just been a been a, a bigger, broader, um, it's, 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 it's lots of different types of uh, audiences and fans in there where, you know, the hockey is particularly, like I said, it's not only to play hockey, it's, it's incredibly expensive to play hockey, to be involved with hockey and everything else. So, you know, you could look at things economically too, just like how soccer is the most popular sport in the world, because it's also anybody anywhere can can grab a ball and play it and stuff. Whereas, you know, hockey, if you want to be a goaltender, you know, in soccer you just got to buy a pair of gloves, some shorts, a shirt, and some cleats. <laughs> you know, you want to play hockey, uh, goaltending in hockey. I mean, you're you're talking a couple of grand. You know, so it's all these different economics things. But yeah. and what bothers me the most about just you know, the rumors now, and, and maybe that's just something that's planted out there that the owners had someone in the media sort of just throw out there as a, a negotiating ploy, a bargaining Gotta start ploy. start somewhere, right? 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of times that's mostly what that is, and the owners really aren't interested in canceling the season. But, you know, they're trying to help themselves. And, again, they're, they're negotiating this deferment percentage now, and maybe that that's a way for them to do it. They get someone in the media to throw that that out there, that nugget out there that you know, the season could be canceled, the owners are losing too much money, and then maybe the NHLPA comes to the table and they they have some type of compromise. But anyway, what, what bothers me is that I was really getting excited by some of the different ideas that I was seeing out there regarding what they were going to do with the upcoming season. Obviously, they're going to have to change things around. We've discussed it the last couple of shows. And one thing I really thought was was interesting and, and, and cool was that they were talking about setting up games similar to baseball where you have like a three-game series in a city. So the, the Rangers could go up to Boston and play the Bruins, you know, three times. I don't know if it's three days in a row, but maybe, you know, three times in four days or two times in three days and then head to the next city, go, then do the same thing with Buffalo and, and so on. And I, I thought that was a great idea in this sort of COVID world where instead of having these bubbles, you know, five or six bubbles where you have whatever it is, seven or eight teams in each bubble, you have these series where you have a couple of teams play each other for a week. And that's maybe a different way to combat the COVID issues out there. So I was getting excited seeing those things. And again, the different maybe geographical divisions that they put together, Canadian, Northeast, Southeast, however they decide to do it. So I was getting juiced up for the season and these, these different creative ideas that were, that were going around. And, and then, you know, you just get this thing today, like, potentially canceling the season and just bum me out man yeah it's tough i'm just noticing uh no look all those things are, are great i mean again as fans it doesn't matter how they make it work just make it work we just want to see them play and, and and we'd all love that stuff like mini um i just know. like how creative they were getting with it though i think that that those are some interesting ideas that were being floated 100%. around i, I th- yeah i thought it was real and again i i don't know how serious this whole canceling the season thing actually is but um, I, I really enjoyed reading some of the articles uh, the last couple of days on the different ways that they think that they can get through um, this season, whether it's, like they were saying, anywhere between 48 and 60 games and then doing these series throughout, which would be which would be a fun little take on things. Yeah, well, if you if, if you want <laughs> you want anybody to enforce the bad news. Larry Brooks just released uh, his column on on what happened today. I'll just read a, a little bit here. Um, contract renegotiation has been forbidden under the NHL CBA since adoption of the hard cap in 2005. That is one of the core tenets of the unyielding system, except apparently when it comes to renegotiating the CBA itself. Because just four months after agreeing to a six-year extension in early July, the NHL is requesting the NHLPA revisit critical areas in the CBA as a prelude to the opening of the 2021 season. The union held a virtual executive board meeting Wednesday afternoon during which team player reps were informed by union leadership that the league is asking the players to defer an additional 13 to 16% of base compensation for the season on top of the 10% deferral that was originally negotiated in July. Oh, they're saying an additional 13 to the 10? Yep. So 23%? 
Indeed, the parties originally agreed to cap escrow at 20% for this upcoming season, between 14 and 18% based on uh, HRR for the 2022, at 10% for 22 23, and at 6% for each of the final three seasons of the deal. But now the NHL is asking that the union agree to increase the escrow cap to perhaps as much as 9.5% for those final three years of the CBA. Uh, and Larry says, understand, four months after negotiating a six-year deal in the midst of this ongoing pandemic that took into account potential economic distress created by the pandemic, the NHL is claiming it cannot live by the deal. It is impossible to cite a precedent in pro-sport labor law history. Uh, that's what he says, period. The NHL is asking for a do-over. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah, tough, Yeah, I mean, they, like, like he said, and I was saying before, I mean, they just signed this thing a couple of months ago, like, COVID was still happening a couple of months ago. Like, didn't they know that this could potentially happen? I mean, we've been talking about it all year that, you know, the next season isn't going to be normal. They're going to have to change things around and there probably won't be fans there. Like, what did they think was going to happen? I mean, let me just, I I guess, I guess there was wording though in the CBA that did allow for them to renegotiate some of this stuff that left it open for them to do that. So I think there is precedent for them to to do that. Well, let me let me read the last two paragraphs from Larry's column here. We are told that the request to renegotiate deferrals and the escrow cap annoyed, if not angered, the union membership uh, that were on uh, participating in the call. At the same time, the NHL requests were not delivered in the form of an ultimatum. So that's good news. The union is likely to identify issues, perhaps uh, systemic issues. It would like, oh, systemic, I apologize for my reading uh, incapability here. It would like reopened in a renegotiation. The original 10% deferral is due back to the players without interest in three equal annual installments beginning in October 2022. Perhaps the PA could negotiate for the full 23% deferral to accrue interest. The Post has learned that a preliminary 60-game schedule was delivered to the league and to the Players Association for review within the last 48 hours. Sources report that there has been ongoing dialogue and progress between the league and the union regarding the 2021 format, schedule, and health protocols, and that neither side believes the NHL's January 1 targeted puck drop is yet threatened by the current CBA-related talk. So I guess in that aspect, maybe it's, uh, you know, like I said, you were saying, you know, the, the... the NHL throws this first shot over the bow, and hey, we just figured we'd ask anyway. All right, if you guys aren't, aren't into it, all right, we won't do it. You know what I'm saying? So, but uh, you have to believe they're going to make this work. Please. <laughs> yeah, I. They definitely are. I, there's no way they're going to go. Well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, the NHL has already locked itself down a number of times over the last couple of decades. So, you know, it's not unprecedented that they would do something like that so uh, you know uh, i don't think anybody would be necessarily shocked that it happens but you know i I hope that uh that they all come to their senses they all figure it out and and we can move on because you know beyond the economic stuff that that we've been talking about just just for my mental well-being and and a lot of other people's mental well-being i mean you know, we're all we've all got the here we go again with the, you know, the, the COVID numbers and, you know, some depression and it's cold out now. And, you know, if we're all going to be stuck inside, um, I need I need some hockey on my TV. 
Oh, man. It might just be video games, buddy. You might have to start getting handy with that uh, Xbox uh, Xbox uh, controller, buddy. You better start practicing with your son then. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, look. Um, I mean, I've also heard that the people who designed the retro reverse jerseys are handling the negotiations. <laughs> oh, Lord. Shut, you know what? Shut it down now. Shut it down now. All right, let's let's let let's let the NHLPA and the NHL figure that stuff out. We'll keep our fingers crossed, and and hopefully this will all work out. You you figure they got to make an announcement here in the next week or two because they're talking about getting you know teams at the training camp and December's right around the corner, and then they want to start on January first. They better hurry this thing up. So we will we will keep our fingers crossed and wait from there. So, buddy, let's let's dip into the. Uh, the retro reverse Jersey world. And let's break down. Do we have to 31? (laughs) I'm still scarred by seeing the Rangers Jersey. Why? What's so bad about it? It, 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 it's like a practice Jersey. I mean, they, they couldn't have come up with anything less, more underwhelming. If they tried, like, it's almost like they didn't try. They said, okay, let's strip everything off the original Liberty jersey and then just put a little stripe, like, on the arm. So I got, I got a quick question for you, though. Now, Reebok, didn't Reebok do the uh, an original design? Okay. So I'm thinking that Adidas had to be careful about some of these. Let's just take the Rangers Liberty jersey, right? So if the Rangers own the logo, the Liberty uh, Shield, right? But as far as the design concepts, maybe that's why they had to they, they couldn't put the red on the sleeves. They couldn't put the red white on the collar. So make the make the jersey red. Make the jersey gray. Like like do something. <laughs> I mean seriously, make it white. Do the white one again and and change it up a little bit. Throw the someone sent me a mock up of the Liberty head on the winter classic jersey the cream color winter classic jersey that type of look like a heritage jersey but you know me i've been i've been screaming for the cream color heritage jersey but like put like come up with something interesting i mean it's like they didn't even they're like the islanders they they, it's almost like they tried as little as the islanders did i mean the islanders jersey looks exactly the same as the jersey they currently wear but you know it it looks like a practice jersey with a little stripe on it. I it's mean, not the, as bad. The it doesn't look really safe on that. It doesn't look as much like a practice jersey as the Red Wings one does. I mean, that's just that is the worst jersey. <laughs> well, again, with the, it, with the beige heritage, right? That's a Reebok jersey. That's their design. Yeah, but you know, again, you could you could change it up. I mean, you know, the Kings their their design is similar to. Whoever the company was that made the original, not the original, but the the reboot one they did when Gretzky went to L.A. with the silver and the black. And now they just turned it into the purple and the gold of the old school King jersey. So, I mean, there's ways around it. That, that's just not an excuse, whether that's their excuse or not, or, or you're just carrying their water the way I do for Quinn. <laughs> You know, I'm a graphics guy. I have to believe <laughs> there's always a reason beso- uh, for for certain things. Yeah, you know, but you... why was everybody else able to come up with something more interesting? The Rangers <laughs> are the only team bound by you know Reebok 
and and the inability to do that. And if that's the case, don't do the heritage. I mean, don't do the Liberty jersey. Like redo, reboot the 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 Shield jersey they used in the seventies. Like you know, get creative with it. It was. Uh, I'm very disappointed. I did say, however, in the Rangers' defense, I think no matter what they came up with or usually come up with, they're going to get crap because you do you have the traditional Ranger fans, the traditionalists who want to, you know, they only want the Ranger logo diagonal across the front. And if you, you know, get away from that, it's terrible. And what are you doing? And you're, you know, killing the tradition of this team. And it should be, and we, we were talking about this last time, you know, it's like the Yankees and you can't change up the Jersey or you get morons like me who are yelling like, it's boring, and it's the same thing, and change it up. So I think the Rangers are in a no-win situation with it. You know, and, and if that's the case, they should have just went crazy. They should have done – a. and again, the the it was reverse retro. There's not – Paulie, tell me, tell me what's reverse retro about this. There's no reverse color. There's no, you know, it's not like a Franken jersey of like a couple of different jerseys mixed up. It's just, bleh. it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's very, it's it's except for the funky stuff on the on the upper chest, uh, upper shoulder area. It's 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 almost um, and the stripes are a little wire, but. Uh, the USA hockey jersey, I think, uh, from uh, 2014 Olympics. I think that was Sochi. Um, you know, it's just plain. It's it. You know, it is a plain jersey. I get it. I yeah. I don't. I look. I'm gonna get one. I like it. Um, I, I'm not. You know, it could. Like I'm saying, it could have been worse. It could have been a Ducks jersey. You know, what I'm saying. But I agree with you. I mean, look, the Rangers are a traditional team. And, yes, they didn't show any guts by getting crazy on it. But, maybe you know, there's so many people who probably had a decision in this. And you can bet your ass, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if Adidas can do this. But most of those companies, those huge billion, multi-million, billion-dollar companies, I'm sure, Adidas, Nike, they do, they probably did, you know, uh, research and brought fans in and, and had different versions of it and maybe that's the one that people kept going to because probably as an eye thing most people will go back that's maybe the closest one that that looked like the original liberty jersey which everybody loved i get it you know and again we're just you know we don't know but as far as i'm concerned you know it could have been worse but i i get it like you know the avalanche did a phenomenal job you know what i'm saying but i'm sure they had to get the you know, how'd that work out that they were able to use the Nordiques logo? Obviously, the original company, they, they, you know, who knows? You'd have to really get everything broken down as far as the backstory to each jersey and the permissions and everything. But, well, look, I it, think it's that not also, as safe as the Islanders. The Islanders jerseys didn't, you know, it's just uh, the, it's come uh, on, you know? I mean, and I get it. The wings. I, I think that some. Flyers is pretty basic and boring, too. Yeah, I think that some, some. Teams just have it easy, had it easier than other teams. Like I said, for the Rangers, it was difficult. I think for the Avalanche, it was just made easy. Well, let's just add Nordique stuff. Like the Rangers can't just like, well, let's just add New York American stuff. You know, they can't just add another team's logos. Well, the same thing with the Hurricanes. Like, well, let's just do a Whalers jersey. Of course, that's going to kill. Everybody, you know, everybody loves the whale. I mean, it was easy. Like, so again, the, the Devils, which I, I think that they nailed it, too. Yeah, just bring back the green jerseys. That That's easy. 
You know, I don't think it's that easy for the Rangers. So I am killing them, but at the same time, I think it was harder for them to to come up with a concept. Having said that, I think I thought the Canadians jersey was great. They flipped it to the blue. I think you know they again reverse retro. They reversed the colors, which is why I said maybe the Rangers should have just went with a red um, Liberty jersey to reverse the colors. And if fans hate it, they're like, well, that's what they, that's the idea behind it, to reverse the retro uniform that we had. And that's what we did. So um, I, I, I think it, they could have done a better job if they brought fans in in a, in a focus group. Well, they brought the wrong fans in because, <laughs> goodness gracious, that, that's a terrible job. But I, I do think that, again, some teams had it easier. There's been teams with multiple jerseys with different color schemes over the years. Again, the wild, that was easy for them to just bring back the North Star colors. I, I, I love that jersey, too. I thought they did a phenomenal job with that one. I like the Capitals, too, because the Capitals brought back the jersey that when they changed their color, when they were, like, blue and gold or whatever they had during that time when Yager was there. Mm-hmm. And then they just added the red, white, and blue to that jersey. Again, easy. I, I, I think I love the look of that one. It's the... Again, the the ret not that it, it was so long ago they had that jersey, but it's a retro jersey, and they reversed it by putting their current colors on it. And and again, that's easier for them to do. The Rangers are always red, white, and blue. They always have the diagonal number, and then they want you know they've had like one or two variations of it again, where they had the logo jersey in the seventies, and then you had the Liberty jersey. So you know, there's only so much they could have done, but they essentially didn't do anything. <laughs> so that was really my main complaint. I, I wasn't looking for, like you said, like the Anaheim Ducks where they had that, you know, whatever it is that they did. You know, I guess they had that one jersey that, what was it, like a futuristic jersey night or something where they had that design on it. Yeah. So they brought ba- that back, which is, you know, they really went, you know, crazy with it. And and look, it's a swing and a miss. The Rangers just decided to be boring with it, and and they, I, I'd rather, I'd rather the Rangers went the route of the Ducks, and at least said, hey, "Look, we tried." <laughs> yeah, what, what, but what, my, what would you have put that in, in the lower, you know, bottom of the, you know, the, the Rangers jersey with his hands up in the air, taking in or, or uh, Mattel or something? <laughs> what would you do? Exactly. <laughs> Either way, it would have been better than than what we got now. But yeah, um, uh, go ahead. No, I'm just all I was gonna say is you know that there's obviously a backstory. We'll have to look into it all. I mean, we don't think crazy about it. This design is design. You're never gonna make everybody happy, you know. Um, but I'm I'm sure, like I said, with trademarks, design, colors, and for every franchise, it's definitely different. I mean, if you can remember, uh, I mean, Dolan and the Rangers were like the last team to give up their domain name i think to the nhl you know uh you know so there's all these different little things or whatever but you know there had to be some kind of decision in there one way or the other i mean you look at the original six right boston did a glorious jersey i love that Mm -hmm. the gold Mm -hmm. it's beautiful yep um you know the leafs went a little bit you know you know they still got yeah this was okay okay yeah I, i agree with you i love what montreal did with their jersey uh it's also safe too the hawks went back to their old uh, logo, but that's their. I think their ECHL or their AHL team jersey. They didn't really get too crazy. And Detroit, you know, again for them to keep it simple. I don't know what was Detroit going to do. Put a car on the front. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I get. Mean, I, yeah, I, that's another team that it, it it's hard to come up with something. You know, they're they're red and white. 
you know, what what were they going to do? I mean, they've had well, some. Well, they could have went gray, I guess, maybe, you know, like some of the yeah, teams went gray. Yeah, no, I mean, they've had some winter classic jerseys, obviously, over the years. So, I mean, they could have maybe played off of one of those and, and reversed up some colors, like you said, maybe make them gray or, or whatever. But, again, they, they sort of, similar to the Rangers, they punt. I'm sorry, they just punted on it. Like, that's. Like, well, they, weren't the just, only, they, don't, they weren't the only ones. You know what I'm saying? You have to, as far as punt. I mean, Tampa Bay, as far as I'm concerned, it's, I mean, that old logo is Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a Sabres just put the shield on. I mean, yep. the Panthers went back to the retro. The Senators, you know. They went I back like to their the Senators side. one. Yeah, I like the, the Senators side. one a little bit. Yeah, it's nice, the red and black. I, th- I think that jersey is actually nicer than their, their regular ones. Yeah, you know, I liked it. Why didn't the Canucks, you know, do the Vs and the, and the old gold yeah, and brown and the myth. red? Or put that the... was a swing and a miss. I, their, their jersey, I think, to me, was the most disappointed of teams that could have, you know, had options. Well, the color scheme options. is great. I mean, they, they kept the teal and the, the blue or whatever, the dark blue. But obviously... The owners, that Canuck, Orca is the name of the company, I guess, that owns the team or whatever. I mean, they definitely had a say in terms of keeping that on there. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah, but maybe they could have, if they wanted to keep, you know, the that Orca logo, I mean, they could have. on the shoulder, yeah. Well, or, yeah, or they could have left the current logo on the front, but just turned it into the black, red, and orange, or yellow, whatever it is, that, you know, they used to have. And done it that way. You know, I, I love the, that color scheme. It's why I like the Vegas jerseys so much. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really necessarily love their reverse retro jersey either. But I like their current jerseys because of the color scheme. It has that old, sort of old Canucks jersey look to it. A color scheme to it. Which is why I, I think the Vegas um, jerseys are one of the best in the NHL right now. Um, but, yeah, I, again, just, just disappointing the Rangers is fine. Just looking at all the jerseys, my favorite by far is the Kings jersey. I think they absolutely nailed it. And that that Gretzky Kings jersey was, I mean, you remember, when that thing came out, that was the hottest jersey. Oh, yeah. In the NHL when they brought in the black, the silver, and the white, and they changed it up, that logo. I mean, for me, when I was a kid, that was it. Everyone had the Kings starter jacket. You remember that the starter yeah. jackets when oh, we were yeah. younger, and that was the one. That's that was the one everybody had. They had the Kings one, and you had a Raiders one. Um, but again, the same sort of color scheme. And then for them to add the purple, the old school purple and yellow to that jersey, phenomenal. I I I think that they of all the teams, I think that they nailed it the best. I, what, I really what thought that they had the what best. What about Arizona Coyotes? You know what's funny? I actually sort of like that jersey too. I don't know if I just sort of like purple. <laughs> but you know, I liked it with the you know the desert scene uh, at the bottom of it, and, and with the old coyote logo, whatever that dog is called that they that they have on there. So yeah, I I actually liked it, you know. And and again, it, it, it's in a creative way they sort of went for it, and yeah. uh, and to me it worked. Uh, I really like that jersey as well. What what? So it was your favorite Colorado, the the Avalanche Nordique one. Yeah, I, mean, I I love it. I mean, I just love the color. I mean, obviously, you know, for, you know, Rado. And I always had a thing for the Nordiques, too, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. oh look, yeah, I, I actually was living in Colorado when they moved there, you know, and was there for the cup run and everything. So I think they did just a wonderful job in terms of combining both the, the color schemes and everything else. I mean, the Avalanche actually did that with their new jersey, you know, obviously heavy on the burgundy. 
more than uh, obviously the blue and the white. But uh, it's a nice job. I mean, you you can't, you know, guys like us, you know, uh, older guys. I mean, the Whalers jersey is just absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I, I, as much as, you know, we, we loathe the devils and everything. I mean, it's, and that Jersey too, but it's, it's just, it's old style. It's classic. It's great. But I have to say the devils and, and, um, the abs, uh, you know, I agree with the two, the Kings, you can't go wrong there with that scheme and everything else. Calgary. I don't get it. I don't, I never liked that horse. I don't know what the devil no, is there. That's a um, terrible job. I like the know. Oilers one too. They played the it safe too, though. Yeah, but for some reason, I, 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 they did, they did. For some reason, when I saw it, I was like, "That's a, that's a nice jersey. I would, I would get that jersey." I thought it would look. It is similar to what their their current look is. At least they didn't come back with that. Remember that, like oil bullet looking oh, weird. Disgusting. Yeah, if they would have yeah. brought that back, that would have been a mistake. I don't like what you Pittsburgh know, did. Yeah, I, yeah, I do too. I think that that goes back to the, you know, the, the what. I think Lemieux wore that right towards the end of his career. And with Yager, they had that sort of diagonal Pittsburgh Jersey, which is, which is a good look. I like that. Um, Yeah. The the blues were okay. The jets. I don't know. I I think the reason the jets didn't go back to the red, white and blue is because they, they had those for, I think that heritage classic or they recently played. I I think, you know, it's a big part of it. I think a lot of the French, they're trying to make money here. So they got to have something different. Yes. I I actually like the jets one. I like the gray. I saw they got killed for it. I actually liked it. I I didn't have a problem with it at all. I mean, maybe if I was a jets fan, I wouldn't, but I, I, when I saw it at first, I thought it was one of the better ones that I, that I saw. Yeah. Actually, you know what? We were killing, we're killing the Islanders. I actually threw out an idea and your brother, Really like the idea. If they would have done an orange fisherman jersey, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah, but Lou's not having that. They want to. I know. That I era. know. It's the whole friggin' Lamorello and very conservative well, look, and whatever. But you know, but guess what? His, they released new hats and scarves. Make, or something. The owners want to make money, right? If they would have had a, an orange jersey with the with the Gordon fisherman, and those are two horrific jerseys. <laughs> Horrific, like two of the worst all-time jerseys. But like, embrace it, embrace yeah. the awfulness, yeah. and 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 put them together and have an orange fisherman jersey. I I would have had so much respect for the Islanders if they would have did that. It would have been amazing. And your brother said that's what he wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, he's a huge fan of that logo. He has hats and T-shirts and all that stuff. I mean, look, we as Ranger fans, you know, we love to make fun of it, fish sticks and and all that stuff. But I I think, you know, that would have been phenomenal if they would have busted that out. The other thing that they could have done, too, is put the the, – they had that side patch with the lighthouse on it. Even that would have been pretty cool maybe as a a large crush. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think of that. That would have been a good – I mean, definitely better than what they have, which is essentially what they wear now. So yeah, that was a again that that's Lamorello all over it. But yeah, I mean, there's so many people probably in on these on these decisions, you know. And there are guys who uh, who do design concepts, and um, I've seen some beautiful versions of of jerseys and logos and what they thought of. And these guys are they just came up with amazing concepts, you know, that that you just sit there and go, well. How? Why? But you know, not the not the brightest or the most talented people get put into these positions in terms of designs. You know, you, you can, 
you know, like I'm an old, uh, just to talk a little football here, like I'm an old L.A. Rams fan as a kid. I used, when I grew up, um, you know, I used to love the old, the white and the blue, and I used to love the old, uh, you know, uh, maroon and the yellow, and just the Rams logo and everything else, and, and this new disgusting logo that the Rams have now, it's just, how could you, what is that? You know, but the people up top, they don't necessarily put the, the best people with great, uh, you know, site design there, and, and this is what you get. You get, you know, these logos. I can only imagine what the meetings were like, you know, back when the Fisherman logo came out. I mean, you got to think, right? And I always joke around that when Don Maloney was the GM there, you know, he was, you know, him and, and then Milby, they were, they were sent in there to destroy the Islanders and their legacy. But they sat there and they said, yeah, that's, that's it, Fisherman in a net holding a hockey stick. Yeah, he looks like the Gordon Fisherman. Let's go with that. And let's put waves on the jerseys. And and they walked out of there going, hey, this is it. How? It was awful. <laughs> but this is the thing. You get all different people in, in terms yeah. of graphic art and design. What you think is, is awful and disgusting, people sit there and they go, no, this is going to work. And who knows? They test it. And again, people up top, Lou Lamarillo and ownership and Ledecky, if they've all... And it's surprising, I guess I'll say this one last thing as far as the Islanders, because Ledecky seems to be a very, he's very, um, he's good to the fans. I think he's going to be a great owner for this uh, franchise. He's obviously done fantastic things, bringing Lamarillo in and Trotz, and uh, obviously the, the new arena's coming and everything else. And, you know, the, the general buzz amongst Islander fans was they would have loved that, some version of the old fisherman jersey, and they really got bleh. To be honest with you, and I'm surprised that Decky didn't do something, but it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was a miss. Again, uh, locally between the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils, I mean the Devils nailed it. I mean yeah, they yeah. by far, you know, nailed their jersey. The Rangers. And I might Islanders get one really with a with a burning with a, with nickels on the back, burning nickels. You know? Yeah, you're not Doug allowed. Gilmore. No, I, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> If you buy, we can sit here and say, you know, good job in designing the jersey. If if I hear that you buy the jersey, I we're fi- I'm finding a new co-host for the show because that's just not allowed. <laughs> yes, and we've spent way too much talking about the Devils and the Islanders on this show right now. That's well, look, right. look, we're talking about the jersey. Look, what else are we talking about? Then it may not be a season, so we're sitting here to talk about jerseys for 25 minutes. Well, one of the other things that I, I, I know you're a little concerned about or maybe not or whatever, or maybe some of the fans were, when, when that first teasers came out, uh, everybody saw long hair oh, in, the, in, oh. in the jersey and in the, 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 the captain C was there. So everybody was kind of oh, man, uh, that Mika was you know, getting the captaincy. For as, for as disappointing as that jersey was, that is an A-plus troll job by the Rangers organization there. <laughs> because they absolutely did that on purpose. You think so? There's, there's, you cannot convince me that they didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> Just to get a range of fans like in a frenzy that, you know, Zabinijad is going to unveil the jersey with the C on it. He's going to be the captain and it's going to be awesome. And then they release it and it's just some schmo. With like long hair, you know. I said I tweeted out he's that poor kid man. I said he that guy was literally the most hated guy (laughs) since Dennis Potvin for Ranger fans because they're like, what? We're all waiting for you know Zabinijad to come out from from behind the curtain, and it was you know this guy, this like surfer dude guy with his long hair. 
I guarantee you that guy didn't, didn't even know who, what the New York Rangers are. <laughs> but, and, but again, that just goes to what I've been saying all along, that Chris Kreider is going to be the next captain. So, oh. Well, that was my question to you. Would you have been okay if Mika was given the seat? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Absolutely. I, I love Mika, and I, I think that he is um, – really shown a lot of leadership abilities where you always see him talking to the young guys on the bench. Um, you know, he has all the, you know, the fun little handshake stuff after, after the games, whether it's with Kreider or, um, you know, he was doing it with Zuccarello. And so I, I, I do like him and I think he can have that leadership quality to him, but and I've discussed it on the show a number of times. I just worry that if you do put the C on the shoulder, that sort of lighthearted, fun Zabinijad maybe goes away where he thinks he has to be somebody else. And then, you know, that hurts him as a player, similar to when Brian Leach was a captain and maybe Ryan McDonough was a captain. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like they felt the weight of it a little bit and maybe took away from the way they wanted to be in the locker room where they were a little bit quieter mm -hmm. where they needed, where they felt like, okay, I need to step up here. It's not where, where I feel sort of comfortable. You know, I don't know if maybe that happens to Zabinijad did you, um, as well. Not to cut you off, but did, did you feel yeah. that way when Leachy got to see? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think it fit, you know, with him. You know, I think he's a, a, a perfect alternate captain and, and can ride shotgun there and, and be himself. And, you know, I just don't know if yeah, not every great player has to be a captain or has th those qualities. Mm -hmm. And I understand Agreed. why you give the captaincy to Leach in that in that position. Um, but I, I just don't know if, you know, there's certain plays where it just doesn't fit. And, you know, I, I just don't think at that it. it I just don't think it ever fit him. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, it just, you know, I can't get into it more than that other than it just didn't work. Yeah, no. Absolutely. And I wasn't in, and I wasn't in the locker room. So maybe I'm completely wrong there, but I, I, I just don't similar to McDonough. I just think it, it puts them in maybe a position in the locker room that isn't their strong suit. And it, and then it takes away from them being themselves and that, gets them out of their comfort zone, uh, which allows them to be the great players that they are. You know, I worry about that with Zabinijad because he does have that great, fun personality, and I worry that he'll get away from that. And I think that that personality and the way that he is is what helps him be the great player that he is as well. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a, it's a huge part of it. I mean, there's certain guys... I'm just trying to think of some of the, you know, the some of the bigger captains, and you know, Mark obviously, you know, cut the cloth with that. And not, well, and he he you know. he was born to be a captain. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ray those Bo Ray Bork. You know, you you kind of think of certain guys that yes, it, it's 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 everything. It's 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 not to say like I said, Leachy didn't deserve it. No, but but I agree with like I mean, he was just he's molded into this certain type of player. He's definitely a leader. He leads. He leads by action more than anything, you know. Leachy never came across a guy that, and he, not every you, not every captain you have on a team needs to be a kind of guy that gets in a face in somebody's face or drops the gloves. But for me, 
that's a big part of it. I think uh, a- a- any captain of any team needs to have a bit of an edge, you know, that um, you know, whether it's in a stare like Mark had. Mark never knew, never really had to drop the gloves. He he could be physical uh, when he needed to be. He he would muck it up. Obviously, when he was younger, even more so. But you know, he he never was the captain. But when he took up the captaincy in Edmonton after Wayne left, you know that there's he's just he's just a a totally different type of player. But then you got you look at a guy like Mario Lemieux. Doesn't necessarily have to be tough and edgy, but he's just an incredible amount of talent and skill. Uh, he did it a different way. Wayne did it a different way too. You know what I'm saying? So it's amazing. But getting around to, you know, where the current ranges are, I love Mika. Does he have the the leadership qualities and the skills and, and the personality and everything? Yes, he's probably that's super for him to be like that in the – locker room, and Meek has always been the number one go-to guy after games, you know, that they would do, uh, you know, the, the, the pressures with or the scrums with, and he was one of the first guys. As far as communications up front, PR for the Rangers, he's he's super like that. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's eccentric and all that other stuff. But, yeah, I, I you know, the more you talk about Kreider, I haven't been sold on it too much. I think I'm, I've definitely said it here on the podcast enough, but I think, you know, obviously he's, been around the team the longest here now, and and um, just experience him getting this, the contract that he got that you know we I had to remind you last week that it was seven years, <laughs> seven um, years, yeah. Jesus. But I think I think yeah I think you know if 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 Kreider gets it, um, I'm more okay with it now than I was maybe at other times. I, I don't know why that's changed, but I think you know you try and think of the kind of guy where the captaincy might not necessarily distract a guy like Kreider. Um, and we're still trying to figure out, you know, remember we were talking last week, what's he going to do? You can't put Kreider on the third line with a seven-year deal and all that money, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, it's funny. I'm just thinking of, like, you know, when they gave Drury the captainship, and, you know, some of the captaincies, it just didn't work out here, you know what I'm saying? But uh, as far as the current team right now, yeah, I, I think that's probably the guy you're going to have to go to uh, with Kreider if, if, if that's your argument against Mika. Yeah, and I think Kreider has the ability to give somebody in the locker room that Messier-like stare that you mentioned. And I, he has that in him. I don't know if Zabinijad does. Like, I think if Zabinijad tried to give somebody that look, he would, like, crack a smile. You know, it's <laughs> like like when your kid is doing something funny, but you got to yell at him. And and you're trying to be mean, and then you just start laughing, like, <laughs> like that's what I see happening with Zabinijad because that's just how he is, and I don't think it's a negative. I just think that that's how it is. Like I just can't see him like giving that stare to somebody. Like you better calm down, you know. Like you need to get serious now, or you need you know, whatever it is that that somebody in the locker room needs to be put in their place where you just give him that look again, Messier had it. I think Kreider can, and I just, and maybe, maybe Zabinijad can. I mean, what do I know? I don't know Zabinijad and I've never been in a locker room with him, but like for me again, I, I, I just could see him try to give somebody that look and then just start dying laughing. Yeah. No, he's a, look, he's, you know, you need guys to lead by example. You need guys to lead on the ice. You know, you can look up and down the Rangers roster as far as the older guys or the veterans, and they're all young guys right now. I've always said Truba would be a great guy, a great candidate, and that's also mm-hmm. a defensive thing for me, too, And in terms of a guy that's back there. I think Truba's got a, a good mix of, you know, he can be tough, obviously, and, um, and you know, he's skilled enough, and he, I think he could be a leader as well, too. But, um, I mean, you know, th- th- there's a couple of guys in this roster that can definitely take the C, 
Um, but I, I, I agree with you. You know, I think Meek is more of a guy that he doesn't want to have to deal with that, you know, because, um, you know, a guy I would ask you too, like, you know, you take a guy like uh, a former guy, obviously, Zuccarella, stuff like that, you know, w- would he have been a guy that you would have ever put the C on? Do you think he was just kind of made for being that type of player, you know, that happy-go-lucky kind of guy? Um, would he be the guy that's going to go in and, and fire up a locker room? I mean, and, and the last thing I'll say on this too is, you know, you have – we're learning more about Quinn as a coach as far as his personality and how he goes back and forth. And he does. He goes back and forth between happy Quinn and he can be mean and angry Quinn, you know, very much so. Which kind of, you know, which is a lot like how Tortorella was too. And Tortorella was more on the mean side too. But that's just the way he was cut and that's the way he, he you know, he uh, cut out his career as a coach. Um, so maybe the captain, you know, as far as it being voted on by the players, how it's done or, or the organization of the coach you know, um, picks it. But I think whoever is going to be the captain of this team is also going to have to be somebody that can also stand up to Coach Quinn as well. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, again, you just look at all the aspects of Kreider, long-tenured. He's got the long deal now. He's he's been through the trenches. He knows what it takes to get a team, to be on a team that gets to a Stanley Cup final. And uh, I, I think he commands respect in the locker room. I just think he has it all that you would want from a captain. I mean, are there flaws there? Of course. And, and you could look at the negative side of him being a captain. But I, I think there's way more positives for him to be wearing the C than anybody else in that in that Rangers locker room right now. KD, do you think it's important now that the Rangers do move forward with a captain or um cuz we talk about next season as a not a throwaway season but not uh, an integrally important season with regard to the rebuild uh you know going forward obviously with the recent signings the Rangers made and everything else but do do you want a captain on this team uh for next season? I oh I do. I absolutely. I think you're going to have a lot of young players coming in here. And I think that they need to come in and know who's in charge of the locker room and who to follow. And I know you don't necessarily always need the C for that, but I I do think that you need to have a team take on a personality and somebody to be the leader of this ship and of this rebuild. And I think Kreider can be that person. And I think the young guys coming in, I, I do. I think that they need that type of guy in the locker room. Okay, who, who is the leader here? Who, whose examples do I need to follow? And who am I listening to now when I, when I come in here? And, and that, to me, is the importance of having that captain in the locker room, especially during a rebuild like the Rangers are going through now where you're going to have a bunch of younger guys coming in this locker room and they want to know, well, hey, look, they're young guys. What can I get away with? What can I get away with? How do things work here? And, you know, if there's not a guy in charge CNA that this kid isn't putting in the time in the weight room or I see him goofing off a little bit and, can't, and you know, can't get over to him and say, hey, look, that's not how we do things around here. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, a captain is vitally important, you know, and, and someone to really take the temperature of the locker room for these guys too, because maybe they don't need someone to get in their face and yell, or maybe they need someone to put their arm around them because the kids are going to struggle a little bit at certain points and say, Hey, 
I've been here. I was a young guy. I came right from Boston College right into the playoffs. And, you know, I had some tough things. I know what you're going through. It's not easy. Don't worry. Stick with it. So not only do you need someone looking after these guys to make sure that they are not goofing around or they're they're living up to their obligations, you know, you may need sort of a big brother type guy in that locker room to put their arm around him and say, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. So I, I think having a captain in that locker room is more important now than ever. And so you got Kreider, Panarin, and Truba. They've all got seven-year deals. All right, they're the longest deals on the team right now, currently. Mm-hmm. And what Mika's going to be up in what he's got two more years on on his five. Yeah, contract? I think so. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you you don't you, you have to figure Panarin's out. I'm just trying to narrow it down here. I think it's 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 obviously between Truba and Kreider. Now, there's 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 been talk during the year sometimes that you know Truba's a guy that you're going to trade or whatever. I mean, it's first year here. I don't I don't see how that happens. But do you think as far as contract terms, you know? Panarin, obviously, with the language barrier and everything else, and, you know, he's just a super talent. He's kind of like Mika, too, personality and all that other stuff, and he's more of a, you know, he's a fun guy out there and the high kick and all that other stuff, and he's just his job is really just to put the puck in the damn net. He doesn't necessarily have to, you know, um, you know, be a, a leader uh, verbally or in the locker room. You know, it's more he's leading on the ice. But if you look at Kreider and Truba with their seven-year deals, maybe that's that's who it's going to be between. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. I know that you like Truba in that. I, I don't even see him as in contention. I don't. Okay. I think he's too. I think he's too new to the organization. Gotcha. Good um, I mean, he's not new to the NHL, and I agree he has that type of. And I, I, we always go back to Messier, but can have those type of quality where I think again he can, you know, have that stare or can get in a guy's face and and is that type of person. Um, but I just don't think he's been here long enough. I think, I don't want to say it's a slap in the face to Kreider to give it to Truba, but it's a little bit disrespectful, I would think. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Good angle. I mean, I, I have no problem with him as an alternate That's if Chris captain. wants it, right? He's got to want it. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Rangers, I, I can't imagine that. Who? Well, I guess, you know what I mean? Yarmir Yager turned it down a bunch of times. You know, he never wanted to be the captain when he first came over because they wanted to give it to him right away. And it took a while before he he eventually took the seat. But it, that doesn't happen very often. I think Kreider would be a guy who would accept it and embrace it. But, yeah, I mean, that would be the only scenario where I would say, okay, you know, I think you can look to a Truba is if Kreider – for whatever reason, decides to pass. But I doubt that that would ever happen. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll wait and find out. And um, I also will um, – I'm not kissing your ass. That's for the fans out there, just so they know. But uh, I will side with you on the fact that I would like to see somebody get in a captainship for uh, for the for next <laughs> season. You're holding my water now. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's disgusting. But yeah. Getting heavy over there. So I like talking about the strangers, man. You know, you know, you know, kind of on the same same page with at least most of the stuff till the season starts. Not not the starting goaltender, but you know, other than that, <laughs> well, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> All right, pal. Um, there's some kind of talk about Hank coming back to the Rangers when he retires. Do we? I thought we. Were, I thought he was dead to us. Are we really going to talk about this? No, I say we move on. All right, good idea. 
All right. Um, <laughs> so you we'll bring it. We'll bring that up when we get really desperate for content. Yes. And by the way, <laughs> I thought I thought tomorrow was supposed to be Thanksgiving. Yeah, me too. I'm getting old, buddy. I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be 51 on Monday, and oh. that's there's that's why because I am old and gray and crunkly, and I thought this week was. And what's was funny is you kept saying next week. I know it's Thanksgiving, and I yeah. was just like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I never even questioned you on it. <laughs> no, nobody like, did. We didn't get a text. We didn't get a, a tweet. <laughs> nobody said nothing to me. <laughs> and we know people are listening because we I see know. the stats. It's not I know. like nobody's listening. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I was like, I'm. It's two weeks. <laughs> it's funny. I was listening back. I think later on, later on that night after we did the show, and I'm like. I think I was next to a calendar. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, Thanksgiving isn't next week. What is this guy talking about? So now we have more time to plan for our Thanksgiving holiday that's, show next that's week. That's right. We'll talk about Lundquist coming back to work for the Rangers during the Thanksgiving show that we're not going to do. Yeah. And, and plus, and everybody's going to be home because in New York, you can't be out past 10. So there's not going to be any Thanksgiving right. parties next week. So that's right. And, yeah, and, you'll get, and they'll be bored. Because you can only have 10 people over your house. You there can't you even have a big party at your house. So cuddle up. <laughs> cuddle up to your iPhone with your favorite That's white right. cloth flavor. And listen to Katie and Pauly for the Thanksgiving. Or the, we'll call it now the Hanksgiving. There you go, oh, man. <laughs> there, there, there's, a, there's some merchandise. There's a T-shirt. <laughs> Hanksgiving. Not until he comes back. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the, 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 the one of the fun things that we wanted here to do tonight. This is something you proposed, and that is proposing potential hypothetical trades that the New York Rangers might, could, would, or why not make. So uh, how do you want to do this segment, pal? Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be a fun thing to do. I, I had a lot of – I thought it was uh, entertaining a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Sean Hartnett, who had brought up the idea of bringing in Taves – and we talked the good and the bad of that. And, you know, while, while Sean really didn't get into maybe who the Rangers would send back in that scenario and how Taves would fit under the the salary cap, I, I thought, you know, maybe we should go a little further in depth and, and maybe do some realistic trades that each of us would come up with a realistic trade that would work for the Rangers as far as what do they need, who could they realistically send back, and get it under the salary cap. You know, I didn't want to get crazy, sort of like, you know, I didn't want to be like a George Costanza when he was with the Yankees, and, and he says, you know, <laughs> I found a way to get Griffey and Bonds in the outfield and not really give up anything, you know? So I didn't want us to sort of come up, you know, with that, where we're like, well, you know how we can get Ovechkin and Crosby and trade it for Strom, you know? <laughs> so... um you well, know, look, I I thought it. Go ahead. No, you just don't don't say your trade yet because okay. I want I'm gonna let me go first, okay. and then I want you to do it. But um, continue what we, what you were gonna say there though. No, that was really it. I just wanted us to come up with. Obviously, the Rangers in this rebuild do have holes in their lineup now, and they're going to be looking at maybe trades, obviously free agent signings next year when they have a, a, a lot of money to spend. But I, I think that there are a, obviously a lot of 
good players out there who in these economic uh, tough times that owners are having may be looking to get rid of some of, of, of these contracts and the Rangers could potentially be in a spot to, to take advantage of it. So I, I, I thought it'd be a fun thing to do since, you know, all right. Again, the, the, the all this off season is dragging on, my friend. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, so I started looking right, and and this is where it gets tricky, and I don't know how serious you want to get about this and have some fun. So, like, so we're having fun, right? Um, yes. I'm sending uh, Buchnevich, uh, Georgiev, and Capo to Toronto for Austin Matthews. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, but, <laughs> Never going to happen. We're getting crazy. I know. Um, But I thought the the cool thing was is, you know, actually sitting here and trying to look at it, and depending on how serious you want to get, right? So we got next year. I want to get serious. I I want you to get – I do want you to get deep. All right, so this – Because I'm going to get deep. All right, because I'm sitting here going, well, you know, if you're you're a GM in the NHL, right, and so specifically right now, if if you're uh, Jeff Gordon and you're GM of the Rangers – and, you know, we're talking about next year and and then, you know, how you want to move, shift, or what you can or can't do, and, and maybe you base this off of uh, the signings they just made. So if we're talking about going forward for the Rangers and, and trying to make a, a trade or a serious deal and who, who you're going to get and how you're going to get them and, and where it works against the cap, and also after next year, as far as, let's say, our, our number one priority right now is, a, is another, you know, top-line center, correct, right? So yep. If you if you look at next year, the the top guys that are available will be you know, unrestricted free agents. Not next year, but the following year. So how much? How do you, if you're a GM? If you've got the components to trade for a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent, you know, can you do you do that or do you simply wait? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then you have the cap and the and the money and everything else. So. Like, for argument's sake, so I'm looking and, and, and say in, in two years, you know, you got, um, excuse me one second here. So, you know, do, you're not going to go for a guy like Malkin, right, for argument's sake. Now, I don't know what your trade is yet, so if I mention these guys or whatever. But guys like Malkin and uh, Claude Giroux, which is a phenomenal guy, you know, uh, Joe Pavelski. I'm going to say this right now, not to cut you off. My trade is much more boring than your trade is right now, but go ahead. Okay, <laughs> good. But... I'm just that's so how go, I, so go the, ahead. The reason I stopped because I'm sitting here gonna uh, you know what I'm trying to say is it's really hard. It's got to be really really hard to be a general manager not only in the NHL but in sports. And then when you look at the cap and the money, and then who's available, who's not available. Um, yep. What what point in a transition, a rebuild, or um, uh, the guys that you currently have on your team? How close are you to getting to the finals? All these decisions that have to come into play to put a trade together, you know. Yep. And so, if I'm Gordon right now, and I'm I'm in, you know, I'm Rangers GM, and I've got my stack of young quality guys and everything. Number one, do I want to give up the guys that I want to give up? Are not guys that are going to put franchises on their back, you know. And if that's the guy, if you're talking like a Shesty or something like that, you're not trading him, mm-hmm. you know. Who else down the lineup are we going to do? Are you going to, are you going to, you're not going to, uh, we just got laughing. We don't even know yet. That's, he's not in the consideration. Is a guy like Capo in the situation. In terms of how bad of a guy do you need? So if we're looking at next year's the New York Rangers, 
you really don't need to really bring anybody in for next year, and especially the top guys that you're looking for, the top centers in the NHL, in two years. And Zibanejad, obviously, he's going to be a free agent. Um, all these guys, big dollars, big money, and they're going to be unrestricted free agents. So my outlook at this whole thing of you bringing up the trade, which I think is great, is actually sitting here and going, man, this is damn friggin' hard. How do you do it? Because me and you, I, I texted you earlier just so the fans know. I, I, you know, I said, are we serious about this? Are we just going to have some fun and, and try and trade who forever, you know, we want to trade for? And la, 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 we'd love to see this guy in a Rangers jersey. Or are we going to actually try and look at the numbers, look at the UFAs, Rangers situation right now as far as a rebuild, what to do now as opposed to two years from now, the expansion draft, all this stuff, the cap. So, that's that's where I you know I tell you about the Bucci and and Georgiev and uh, and Capo as a joke to to get a guy like Austin Matthews or whatever who the Leafs are not I you know I didn't even look at what uh, Matthews contract is at right now but obviously you, you can't get a guy like that there's no way it's going to happen but that's my take on this I'm I'm going to say I had to run the white flag up because I right now don't think the Rangers need to make a trade next year and I don't think the guy the the personnel that they need to come back as far as the money side of it and as far as the free agency in two seasons, it just doesn't work out for them right now. It's almost like you might as well just hang back for the Rangers, run your guys next season, and these guys are becoming free agents. Maybe you just been, you know, you, maybe you, you, you get rid of some money in a, in a different way and you get to sign one of these guys, uh, these older guys, these experienced guys that can probably come in here and help your team right away and, and hopefully you have the money to do it. So that's where I'm at, Ken. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and you are... A hundred percent correct, because I came to you with the idea of doing the trade and in, in, in a realistic way. So the first thing in my head when I was looking at it, I said, well, the Rangers need a center. So uh, in the same boat as you, let me look at the centers. And you're looking at the top centers. And, and again, you're not getting Crosby. You're not getting Malkin. You're not getting, you know, Tavares. You're not. And and then. You know, you're sort of getting further down the list. And one guy I fell on, and this isn't my trade, but was Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So I'm yeah. like, he looks perfect. You know, the stats are there, and, and I think he'd be a perfect second-line center for the Rangers. But he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Correct. So why the heck would you trade for him no, he right now? Like, you could sign him next offseason and not give up anything. So it would, wouldn't make much sense. So... So now you're going further down the list. And the guy that I landed on, and when I saw him, I said, let me see if he's, is is this team even interested in trading him? You know, are there rumors? And there were. So the trade, the guy that I want to get that the Rangers should be trading for is Sean Monaghan from the Flames. Love that kid. And And I love him for two reasons one because he's a very good hockey player and two is one of my closest friends his name is also Sean Monahan. so uh and he's a huge Ranger fan he listens to the show so um it'd be great to see it'd be great to see him great Italian name yeah exactly yes you know one of my one of my Italian friends from Massapequa um so so I he's coming off a down year so I think that he is his value is low but he's put up. I mean, he's also he's also only two years away from an eighty point season. I mean, this guy puts up thirty plus goals a year. He's never scored less than twenty goals. Mika Zibanejad is our number one guy. 
and I think Monahan sliding in there as a second line center, centering Panarin and potentially Kako or whoever you have or Kratzoff, I think would be phenomenal. I think some of the the knocks on Monahan is is that he's not good defensively, and I think putting him on he's been he's a top line center. If you put him on the second line, obviously his assignments defensively will be less. And I think that he's he is a guy that the Rangers should target seriously. And who they would have to give up, I think that obviously if the Flames are giving up a center, and, and he's, I think he just turned 26. Hold on, let me just double check that. I think he just turned 26 years old. Yeah, he just turned 26 yep. in, in October, like a month ago. So he's young. Um, he's got two years left, actually three years left on his contract at 6.37 million, I think per year. So with the Rangers cap, they got to send something back. So the flames just gave up a center. I think that they would take back Ryan Strom, I think would be part of the deal because again, we talked about it last week. Strom's contract gives so much flexibility where the Flames can bring him in and put him as a top-line center. He already has shown that he can work with Panarin. So you can center him with Goudreau. And I think the Flames would feel comfortable with that. And obviously the Rangers would get a you know, a sizable amount off the cap with the $4.5 million for, on his contract. Now, obviously the Flames wouldn't just do straight-up strong for no, no Monaghan. So now... You know, I was looking at the Flames and, and what they could potentially do and what they're looking at. So one of the things I read about the Flames is that they're looking to move Lindholm from the wing to center and potentially be centering Kachuk. So moving him off the right wing opens up a, a spot on the right wing. So I think if they would could send over Strom and Buchnevich, I think think that would be the trade for Sean Monaghan. Now, I also have a secondary part. If they if they decide to leave Lindholm on the wing, where they now don't need a wing, and I read that they do need defensive help, one guy, and, and, and the, our listeners are not going to be happy with this because <laughs> they, they are looking for a right-handed defenseman, and most likely they're looking for a young one. I think that they may have to give up Lundqvist, which I don't think people would be happy with. But I, I, if the trade would be Monaghan for Strom and Lundqvist, I would do it. And it would be hard to lose Lundqvist, but the Rangers, just looking at the amount of defensive prospects that they have between Runanin and they have, they just got Schneider and... They have Robertson, who's who's a great uh, prospect. He was a second-round pick a couple of years ago. I think that they could live – I don't think it would kill them to lose Lundqvist in a trade. I, I think he – again, he's on the right side. He may be – Lundqvist's skill set may be a little redundant having Fox in the lineup and D'Angelo in the lineup where you have these offensive guys in there. So I think if it took – losing Lundqvist to the Flames, I think you can live with it. Um, so those those are my trades. 
So either I, it's Monahan is the guy I would want, and and again, that's not even fantasy. I think that they can get a guy like that, and I think that they would have to give up Strom. And then depending on where the Flames want to go, I think they would either give up Buchnevich. And for the Rangers, if you give up Buchnevich, I I think you would have to feel comfortable with where you are with Kratzoff. Because he would be the guy I think you would bring in to fill in for Buchnevich there. And obviously, you'd be leaning on on Kapokako being able to take the leap up to the second. I mean, think about a second line of Monaghan, Panarin, and Kratzoff compared to the second line last year of Panarin, Strom, and Foss. I mean, that's an upgrade. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I mean, so just to. Rewind here a little bit. You have a, it's a three-player deal for Monaghan? Yeah, I, I would do, again, depending on what the Flames would be interested Strom, in. Buchnevich, so either Strom, Buchnevich for Monaghan or Strom, Lundqvist for Monaghan. I think for the Flames, they would probably want, I think, Lundqvist over instead of the Buchnevich deal. But I, either one of those. All right, so how old is Strom now? I think he's 28. 28, all right. So, you know, Monaghan, he's, what, look at this. He had uh, 1, 2, 62 points, 63 points, 58 points, 64. Oh, he's awesome. 82 points. Um, now, I'm not I, I'm not familiar with, does he Does he play on Goudreau's line? Yes. Because right, I, I, there's been rumors <laughs> talking about them trying to, you know, maybe possibly trading Goudreau down the road too. So, I, you know. Yeah, I, there's been rumors about both of them leaving yeah. or getting traded because they just haven't been able to get him off the hump. I was reading that there's, you know, they don't like, again, Monaghan's defensive game isn't very good. You look at his analytics defensively, they're not good. But and again, he's, he's, he's playing as a number one center going up against other number one centers. If he were to come to the Rangers, he'd be number two guy, which I think would alleviate some of that defensive responsibility. And the other thing too is he stays healthy. He's eighty-one games, eighty-two games, seventy-four. Mm-hmm. And I may, I may be low-balling the offer that well, the Flames that's what want I was going to say. I, I yeah, think it's I mean, look, they may be looking player... for a fir- they may be looking for a first-round pick. You know. Yeah, it's either three, with... it's either a three-player deal. You know, Rangers giving up three players or two players and a pick, a high pick. Yeah, and and to be honest, if it was Strom, Longquist, and a first. You might not want Stromer, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the only reason I throw Strom in there is because, you know, unless they don't have another option at center. Like, I, I, I think, you know, Strom is good. You know me. I, I, I'm probably overrating Strom. But, like, think about it. He's coming off a great season where he shows he can play with a, a top-level winger. So... You know, if you're the Flames and you can get him in at four and a half million, you know, and you get Lundqvist and a, and a first, yeah, I guess you would need to throw that pick in there, Dude, huh? You know, just looking at Strom's numbers here as far as points, I mean, that's, yeah, obviously 59 points last year, but half all, all his other seasons, man. I mean, 18, 50, all right, yeah, 50, 50, I, 50 my... point season in 2015, but 28, 30, 34, 35, and 33 prior to last year. I mean that's I mean if you're the Flames I mean you're I don't know I don't I don't think you're giving them on especially when you have you're gonna have all these other teams that you know if if they're gonna put them up it'd be tough man look I, I'm I'm with you I'd love to see the kid in the Rangers jersey there's no doubt about it I think it's a 
you know, definitely. What do you, you know. think you'd have to add there? Like a first? Like, or do you think that they're like, we need Capo Cock? I mean, they're, they're not asking for that, but like Andre Miller. Like, where do you think that they'd be? What else would they want? Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, if they're even, if the, if Goudreau is, is on the potential of being on the block, right? And you're going to lose all those points. And if you're going to lose Monaghan's point production, man. I don't think that they would trade both. I think it, it, from the, from what I was reading, it's one or the other. Um, well, would you, would you take Goudreau? I don't think we need wings. I know, but I'm saying, yeah, I know, I, I agree. Yeah, so all right, forget about that because we need a center. So look, I, yeah, that's why I think I think he's coming. Like the reason I I was look, I just think it's a perfect. He's coming off a down year. It seems as though the organization and the fan base is down on him a bit. Uh, you know, again, they, they haven't had much out. playoff success. Yeah. What's that? No, I'm just, I mean, with that point production, I don't, I don't see how it, uh, a fan base could be down on a kid like Monaghan. I, I just, th- I think it comes down to the team's overall success. And they really haven't gotten out of the first round from what I was reading the last, like, five years. Yeah, so, no, the organization's while it, having a lot of trouble, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and is he the problem? You know, I don't know, but I think at some point, you know, a fan base or organization looks at their top players and saying, are you giving us enough? Now, again, they've, they've had a lot bigger problems, whether it's in goal or on defense. But, you know, again, you may be able to catch them where they're saying this isn't working. Let's go in a different direction. And I, my hope, and yeah, of course, I'm lowballing because I want the Rangers to win the trade. Um, but you know, you hope the Rangers could potentially take advantage of the Flames underrating maybe one of their plays because of the overall success or lack of success of the team. Yeah. I mean, again, the Rangers, I hate to keep going back to it, but with next year kind of being a gimme kind of year, and this is obviously a bonus because, like I said, Lafreniere coming into the to the team as well. You know, the Rangers really don't have to do anything. Yes, they need that. I mean, but that's why Strong gets re-signed. Yeah. Well, I just look at Monaghan as a younger, obviously younger, a couple of years younger. He's got the contract for the next three years. You know, and and you would would hope, you know, re-sign him. And he's still, when you re-sign him, he's Strom's age. Now, currently. Yeah. So you would you would look you could bring him back for another, you know, five years and have him until his early thirties. Well, look, so, I, I think you know as far as Ranger fans are concerned, if you're you're not going to get upset about Ryan Strom, I think everybody could handle Buchnevich, but it's that either that, you know, I, I just still don't think that's enough points production for the Flames to get back for a kid like Monahan, number one. So you're either tossing in another high pick or a third player. Mm-hmm. And that's the only yeah, way I think that, you're right. that happens. I think you're right. I, I think when you're looking at, like, when you're looking at our prospects and I'm, I'm like, yep, don't want to give up him. Nope, don't want to give up him. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll take Butch. I mean, Butch Nevis is still a young guy. I mean, he put up a decent amount of points. Last year, and I get it. It's a, it's a, 
those two guys for Monahan is probably just it would be rejected in the you <laughs> that know, laughter in Calgary right now. <laughs> you know, it would be rejected but on the video game I play with my son later. You know, if I try to make that trade and I get it. But you know, me if you were to throw in a number one pick again, if you feel as though this is the last year of it and it's time to start bringing in guys that, that are going to help us win. And that may, may mean starting to trade first-round picks again like we did when, when we were going to the playoffs 14 or 15 years. You know, maybe you're saying like, uh, we're, we're comfortable with where our, our organization is depth-wise at all these positions, and uh, we feel as though it would be worth giving it up for a player like Monaghan. You know, that's think, a, that's a tough it, decision. Yeah, I think it only happens if the Flames call the Rangers, number one. Number two, again, if, if you're putting yourself in the GM seat and you're looking at the Rangers right now in their position, and then, again, in two years, all the unrestricted free agents that are going to be available, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, if, no, if you, you're if right. If you're not really worried about you know, it's almost like the Rangers sit back. Well, let's see what happens in Calgary. If they got a problem, they got an issue, they want to unload a couple of guys, and Monaghan has to be, hey, call us. We've got some prospects. Yeah. We've got some draft yeah. picks. Yeah, I would say if, and, and again, I was, I was reading way too much about the Flames the last two days as I was trying to put this together. Yeah, I think that, you know, they've made a couple of signings. They signed Markham as their goalie, which makes a lot of the people around the Flames think that they're – going to go for it so trading Monaghan or Goudreau probably isn't in the cards but you know if they get around trade deadline time and they're just out of the playoffs they may be looking to you know sell off and then you know that's that's where they could potentially take advantage of of that's a key point because I think you're right I think that's they're gonna let's run these kids run the squad they have now and see if they can't get out of the first, second round of the playoffs and see, well, you know, I know what you're saying. If it's down to the trade deadline and they're out of a different story. But, yeah, let's see if these two kids can – I mean, if you can't say, you know, obviously they have been carrying the franchise because of the points they've been putting up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Flames are probably just in a situation where they've got so many holes in different positions. They've been flip-flopping their, you know, as far as goaltending uh, for the last few years. So uh, they had the issue up front, I guess, with the coach. The coach had to resign. You know, they've had a lot of things going on in Calgary. So, yeah. you know, again, yeah, just hey, look, put the Rangers in a good situation. They just sit, you know, Gorton and JD's got to sit back with some big fat cigars and just wait for the phones to ring. Yeah, hey, look, that was my uh, realistic but probably not very realistic <laughs> <laughs> trade proposal because what else were we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> yeah, but, look, I love it because, like I said, I had to look at it. And if you put yourself in Gorton's position right now, you got to sit there. I don't know. Yeah. If we're talking yeah, about making is. a trade next year. Yeah, I mean, that's why I wanted to put the parameters of it being semi-realistic. Where, well, who is available? Who could be traded? Who would fit under the cap? You know, the team that we're, we're looking to trade for this guy, are they looking to move this guy? And uh, what would they take back? Can you take advantage of them because of their situation? So, and and there's not a lot of that there. Like you said, you look. Uh, Nugent Hopkins was the guy. I'm looking at him like, oh man, I'd love to see this guy. And I'm like, wait a second, he's going to be unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Why, in God's name, would you trade a first round pick 
or Niles Lundquist or Tanjay Miller or whatever, whoever it is for a guy you could sign for just money. You don't have to give up anything. So, yeah, I mean, all those things, like you said, when Gordon and JD are sitting around, I mean, there's a million and one things that go into these trades. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it wasn't easy. You know, I was like, oh, I'll just pick the, you know, let me look at the top five centers and I'll pick one. <laughs> and, and Monaghan, again, he had a bad year last year. I'm like, wait a second. I, got, I was all the way down to like the 30th guy point production wise. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, it's it's not easy to put together a, a superstar blockbuster trade, uh, you know, in the NA or I guess in any league. So yeah, yeah we, you know, the Rangers can bring fun Stepan little exercise. And, uh, they can bring Stepan and Dubinsky back. I'm in. Get them back. <laughs> Relive the glory days. Yeah, well, get Callahan back out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's that's like the other big thing too, man. You got like you know, just for argument's sake, a guy like Malcolm or something. I mean. The salary that these guys are making right now, close to $10 million or whatever, you know, just let these guys run their contracts out, you know, and, and the Rangers could, you know, do like a Lundquist signing, you know, after these guys are finished with these big deals. And they could probably get, you know, I'm not saying that they would go for a guy like Malcolm, but that that's going to be, there's some damn good free agents going to be available in 22-23. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think a guy like going to be in a Ma- good position, bud. Yeah, well, that's it. I think a guy, depending on how the rebuild is going, and if you're like, wow, we're one guy away, and you're looking at Malkin, and you're like, we have the money, <laughs> you know? And and at this point, you, you know, you hate the guys on the Penguins, but you got the money, and you're sitting there going, we got all the pieces, but we're missing this one, we're missing the center, I mean, look at some of these names. Ryan Getzlaff, David Krejci. I mean, there's there's a hell of a um, there's a hell of a bunch of players there in twenty one. That's twenty. Yeah, but again, it depends on 22. where you are. Like, I think right now. Wait a second. No, I'm not the wrong man. Twenty two. We got to look at twenty two, right? Twenty two. Yeah. None of those guys are appealing to me right now. No, not at all. You know, well, I'm talking about like, uh, yeah. no, no, I'm saying, yeah, that's, that's, that's the difference. You know, where are we in two years? Hopefully we're at the point where someone like Malkin can help us. Yeah. I apologize. Because I that was means, because that means you're there and you're like, we need this, this veteran guy who we know can put up points. And hopefully at that point he's still putting up points. Um, There's and, an incredible, and, experienced crop of not just centermen, but just all kinds of phenomenal, yeah, experienced players that are going to be. Um, I mean, if it really, hey, look, uh, I mean, it just says there, Goudreau is an unrestricted free agent in 2022. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, you know, if it hopefully lines up perfectly with where you know the Rangers are and this like you said, crop of players is just available. These, these veteran been there guys who could get us over the top and get us that cup. I mean, man, that would be something sitting pretty buddy, but I think, but but I think to get us there, I think Sean Monaghan is. (laughs) Hey man. It's it's a great idea, man. Uh, I I love it. I love the kid. Uh, I think it's 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 great. And and that's going to be the the trick that the Rangers and, and Gordon and JD are going to have to play. You know, they're going to hang out a year and bring in a a veteran kind of guy. And 
for a small deal, you know, as far as the cap situation is concerned? Or are they are they going to be maybe willing to give up some of their stock? In a couple I think of you're going to have roster? to. You're going to have to. Like, you know, like I said, I was definitely low ball in the flames on my thing. But I also did say I'd be willing to give up a Lundqvist because I think we are stacked yep. at defense. It would, it would, it, that could be a monumental mistake to give up on that kid. And you know, maybe there are a bunch of holes in Monahan's game, which is why Flame fans seem to be souring on him a little bit. Um, but you have—I went over the number of defensive prospects that this team has. Where you're like, well, if we trade him away, we have five other guys that we could put in there eventually. So again, we say it all the time, a good problem to have. That's right, pal. Yeah. (laughs) Put that on a t-shirt, put that on the merch. There you Um, go. It's, it's fun to think about Gordon and JD have just done an amazing job filling the coffers here where you could trade a, a Lundquist or a Condre Miller and and really not lose much because of the depth that you have. It's 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 amazing where we are. It's uh it definitely is, and hopefully we get a season next year to start seeing some of the stuff shape, take shape. We need a training camp. We need some preseason games, and we need some uh we need some hockey, buddy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, because uh, it took me way too long to come up with that trade proposal today, and I just don't I don't want to be doing that every week where it's like. All right, let's do a trade proposal for a left winger. <laughs> How about a defenseman? Yeah, <laughs> we'll be we'll be looking around the league for like who should be our equipment manager now. Oh <laughs> man, too much. All right, everybody. Well, look, enjoy those retro reverse jerseys. Start buying them. Oh, oh man, <laughs> we need to pay for some of the, the Rangers Goodness need to pay for some gracious. of these contracts. And uh, hopefully this time next week uh, we'll have a, a holiday show for you guys one way or the other. But more importantly, hopefully the uh, NHLPA and the league will come to an agreement so we know we got some hockey. Because, yes, we're selfish. We're, we're sports fans, hockey fans, and that's all we want. Because it's getting cold outside. We can't go out past 10. We need hockey, baby. <laughs> I'm with you, it. man. Sign me up. All right. Once again, as always, thanking everybody for downloading and streaming and listening and supporting us. We really appreciate it. Me and KD can't thank you guys enough. So, Until next week, KD, please say goodnight to the folks. Goodnight, folks. And always, let's go, Rangers!